Well, hey there. How you guys doing? Good. Good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Believe it or not. And guess what? Tomorrow will be the first day of the rest of your life too. Okay. Yeah. Hey, how, yeah. Who's thankful for new beginnings in here? Anybody? Yeah. Hey, well, hey, who, uh, who stayed up last night to, to ring in the new year? Anybody? <laughs> oh, man, that's rough. Yeah, well, all of you that stayed up, you guys are optimists. Yeah? You're optimists. Now, did anybody stay up to watch the old year go out? Anybody? Yeah? Anybody? You guys are pessimists, okay? <laughs> did anybody not stay up to, to ring in the new year? Anybody? You guys are just old. Uh-huh. <laughs> just so old. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, no. You know, I used to stay up every year uh, to watch the, the show in Times Square, hoping that it would be better than the last, but every year they just seem to drop the ball. You know? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, if you think that's bad, wait for this one. You know, <laughs> on my way in this morning, uh, Bill Weimer, he, uh, he held the door for me. And, uh, good morning, Bill. How you doing? Good. He said, doing, doing all right. He said, uh, you know, I looked at the calendar for this year and uh, just got a little bit wor- worried. I said, well, what's, what's wrong with it? You know, is it missing days or something? He said, no, I just looked at it and the days are numbered. Days are numbered. You're, you're not wrong, Bill. You're not wrong. In fact, every year, right? Every calendar. Now, how many of you are making New Year's resolutions? Anybody? Nobody? Nobody? Yeah, that's okay. You can raise your hand. You can raise your hand. Yeah, well, that's, that's good. Uh, you know what happens to New Year's resolutions, right? Yeah, they go in one year and out the other. That's it. That's it. That's it. All right. Well, you know, I'm not much of one for uh, New Year's resolutions, but I think I'm going to try it out uh, this year, uh, and I'm going to start off slow. Uh, And my resolution uh, for this year is to think of a resolution for 2024. Uh, So that's that's what I'm going to be doing this year. That's what I have resolved to do. No, well, hey, enough of that. Enough of those uh, terrible dad jokes. Uh, you, guys, you guys are set for the rest of the year uh, with all of those, okay? But, uh, but welcome. Once again, welcome. We're so glad that you are here. Uh, and I truly believe that this is going to be a great year. I believe this is going to be a great year. I hope this is going to be a great for, year for you. Uh, I believe it's going to be a great year for our church. Uh, and I really truly hope that this is going to be a great year for our country and really the world, right? We, the world needs a great year after these past couple years, doesn't it? We need it, right? We need some peace. We need some hope. And we need, we need some vision for the future, right? Well, hey, anytime a new year or a new season comes around, the passage that we read for our focus verse, uh, it, it comes to my mind. Uh, Isaiah 43, 19 says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And speaking of a new thing, 
We need a new light bulb over there. We need a new light bulb. Yeah, yeah, that's catching me off guard there. A new thing, though. A new thing. Eyes on me, not the light bulb. It's all right. Eyes on me. (laughs) A new thing. Have you ever wished for something new? Has anybody ever wished for something new? Yeah? I'm sure we all have, right? Maybe, maybe we, you know, we've wished for material things, a new car, new jackets, new coats, new, new shoes, something like that, right? But who all in here, I mean, we, we understand that those, those things come and go, right? But is there anybody in here that has wished for, you know, the, the deeper things in life, a new relationship, a better relationship, maybe just a new season, maybe just a new wind in your lungs, right? Maybe a new opportunity, you know, we, I'm sure you, you have, and uh, if you're anything like me, uh, which you probably are, and I'm sorry about that, but you probably have some regrets in your life, right? You probably got some re- regrets, uh, and uh, well, uh, just show of hands, does anybody, anybody in here have regrets in their life? Yeah, <laughs> we've, all, we've all got them. If you didn't raise your hand, then um, I'm not going to say you're a liar, but no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> You know, one of the things that I regret in life, uh, it's, it's a smaller thing, uh, but it's still something that I, I carry with me, uh, you know, 10 to 12 years later. Uh, I quit basketball. I, I grew up playing basketball my, my whole life. I played my freshman year of high school, and I quit after that. I, I quit, and I didn't finish out my high school basketball career. At the time, I was like, nope, this is what I want to do, uh, and I'm not going to regret this later on. This is what I want to do. Uh, boy, uh, that's one of my regrets. You know, it's simple. It's, it's not that big in life. But I look back on that. Man, I wish I, wish I would have finished it out. I loved the game. I, I thought it was so much fun. Uh, and I just like to work hard at it. But I, I gave it up. And I, I look back on that. And I regret that small, simple decision, right? Maybe for you, though. Maybe for you, though. Maybe it's something a little bit more serious, right? Maybe it's something that you said to a family member that ruined your relationship with them. Or maybe it's something that you wish you would have said to a family member to maybe rekindle that relationship. Maybe it's something that you did or maybe something that you wished you did. Or maybe it's something that happened to you or maybe something that you wished would have happened to you, right? Life is full of regrets. And it's not a matter of if you have any regrets. It's really a matter of when those regrets come back to haunt you, right? The real issue, though, is is not our regrets themselves, but how we handle those regrets. I mean, think about it for a moment. We regret things in our past. And if you get stuck in the past, reliving those regrets over and over again, you will have so much trouble moving into the future that God has for you. The one thing that that we hear in ministry a lot from from people is that... um, and they are haunted by their past. And, and they might not say it that way, right? But the situations that they are going through uh, uh, explain it that way. We are haunted by our past. And, and those, those past regrets, those, those past situations really hinder them from enjoying the present or even hoping for the future that God has for them. And they never feel good enough or, or worthy enough to be used by God. And understand that while none of us are good enough or worthy enough to be used by God, he still chooses to love us. And he still chooses to use us for his glory and, his, and for his purposes anyway. 
Let's go back to Isaiah 43 for a moment, though, and let's take a look at the context here. Uh, Right before verse 19, where God encourages his people that he is doing a new thing, he says this to his people in 18. He says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Remember not the former things or consider the things of old. So uh, how were God's people, how were they able to do that? How were they able to forget about the past? Well, let's zoom out just a little bit more and let's, let's look at the larger context of Isaiah chapter 43 here. Okay, uh, this is a little bit of history, uh, so that'll, that'll take up the next few minutes, but so, so bear with me here, okay? But Isaiah, his name means God is salvation. Isaiah, he was one of the great prophets of the 8th century BC, and his prophecies were to the southern kingdom of Judah between the years of 740 and 700 BC. Now, this spanned the reigns of four different kings. Uh, Again, bear with me. This is Old Testament names, so if you can say it better than me, uh, keep your mouth shut, all right? (laughs) No, spanned the reign of four different kings, uh, Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. And during the Christmas season, we often read a lot from, uh, from the book of Isaiah about the coming Prince of Peace. And at Easter, we usually read from Isaiah chapter 53 about the suffering servant. And in fact, the the book of Isaiah, it includes uh, messianic prophecies that include uh, a lot about the life of Christ, about his ministry, about his death, about his resurrection, and what that would look like. And it probably wouldn't surprise you much to know that the New Testament writers quote from Isaiah and refer back to Isaiah more than any other prophet in the Old Testament. And so there were many highs and many, many lows in Isaiah's life. You know, his faithfulness to God was rewarded with some amazing miracles. In an answer to his prayer, God moved the son back 10 steps as a sign to King Hezekiah that God would add a further 15 years to Hezekiah's life. And if you know your Old Testament, uh, then you might remember that Isaiah spent three years stripped naked and barefoot in obedience to God as a sign and wonder against the Egyptians. And his contemporary, uh, the prophet Micah, did the same thing, though we aren't told uh, for how long. So God loved Isaiah, or Isaiah loved God, and he loved God's people. And although the kingdom of Judah during his ministry was very sinful and very corrupt, Isaiah worked tirelessly. He worked tirelessly to turn their hearts back to God. And he prayed tirelessly for God to save them. And one tidbit of trivia for you, uh, for you who love Bible trivia, um, We'll go into it here really quick. Isaiah was married, and he had how many sons? Two sons. Two sons. That's not even the trivia. Okay, that was just, uh, I just made that one up right there. I didn't make up the trivia, just the trivia question there. So he had two sons. Both were born during the reign of King Ahaz, and both had symbolic names through which God gave a message to his people. The name of his, uh, of his first is the longest name in the Bible. Does anybody know? This is the trivia. Does anybody know what it is? Anybody? 
If you do, you probably don't know how to pronounce it. I'll, I'll give you that, okay? This is it right here. Then <laughs> bear with me. Maher Shalah Hash Baz? Baz? I'm not sure. Maher Shalah Hash Baz. We'll go with that. It means swift to the spoil, quick, quick to the plunder. If any of you guys are expecting in here, this is probably your top name on, on the list right here, okay? Uh, just, just go with that one. Easy, right? There's plenty of nicknames you can come up with that. Now, this was an answer to Isaiah's prayer for Judah and prophesying that Judah's enemies would be defeated and plundered. And Judah would, would ultimately be saved, right? And this prophecy came true, but it was short-lived. It was short-lived because the Assyrians, they destroyed Israel and lorded over the kingdom of Judah, which basically just meant that uh, Judah had to pay some very heavy taxes to Assyria. You know, so Isaiah, it was written over 2,500 years ago, but reading this book is so worth our study because it holds so much wisdom for God's people today. So once again, we're going to make our way back to Isaiah chapter 43. And what you need to know about Isaiah 43 and the surrounding chapters is that Isaiah was prophesying about the coming terror and reign of Babylon. He was prophesying about what was about to, uh, about to happen. And he was doing this more uh, or about 100 years before the events came to pass. And so here, here it is. The Assyrians, they defeated the northern kingdom of Israel in about 721 BC. The southern kingdom of Judah was barely hanging on as the Assyrians lorded over them. And they often rebelled against uh, Assyria. And because of their resistance, in Isaiah chapter 36, we read that King Sennacherib of Assyria was ready to go into Jerusalem and destroy it. It was only because King Hezekiah of Judah called for Isaiah to come and pray for their deliverance that God spared them. An angel of the Lord killed 185,000 of the Assyrian army in the night. And that sent King Sennacherib running, scared, right? He went running away. But unfortunately, Judah continued to sin. So by the time we reach chapter 39, Babylon was a rising power in the world, although Assyria was still in the driver's seat. But in Isaiah uh, chapter 39, Isaiah prophesied that because of Judah's continuing corruption, God would use the kingdom of Babylon to punish them. Babylon would take over and would conquer Judah. And in Isaiah 39 verse 6, Isaiah told the king, he said, Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and that which your fathers have stored up till this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. So, don't miss this. Don't miss this, okay? Isaiah chapter 43, in this chapter, what we have is a prophecy about the coming trouble for Judah, right? That's what, a, that's what prophesying is. It's a telling of, of coming events, right? It's still 100 years away, but Isaiah is telling them what, what it's going to be like. In the beginning verses of this chapter, Isaiah tells them, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, 
and the flame shall not consume you. So they're going to be put through the fires, right? They're going to be put uh, to the test. They're going to suffer, and they are going to be punished for their sin. They're going to be punished for their immorality. They're going to be taken captive. They're going to be led away in chains to to a foreign land. And uh, Babylon is actually modern-day southern Iraq. And some of the early captives you might remember were Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And although Daniel, he, he kind of enjoyed some, some fame and, and notoriety or, or favor, right? It wasn't like that in the beginning. It wasn't like that in the beginning. Actually, in, in, in 586 uh, BC, Nebuchadnezzar came in with his powerful army and destroyed Jerusalem and the temple and carried all the precious items off as spoils of war. And Isaiah was prophesying of these things to come. He was saying, hey, This is what is about to happen. This is what you're going to go through. This right here is your future. God's people, they were going to be put through the waters and they were going to be put through the fire. It would be painful, but they were going to make it through because God told them, he said, because you are precious in my eyes and honored and I love you, I give men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. But for now, Isaiah's prophecies were preparing them to suffer for a season. But even as they prepared for their punishment, they needed to know that their God was a mighty God. Their God was, was the one who created the world. He was their king and all the power and mighty deeds that he'd shown to them before in their past, they were still his to demonstrate in their future, right? He had dealt with the enemy nations before, and he would deal with the enemy nations again. And although they would be in captivity for over 70 years, God told them he would bring them back from the four corners of the world. He would work through another king, King, uh, king Cyrus of Persia, to regather his people for his purposes. He would deal with Babylon when the time came for that, and he would bring his people back to Jerusalem through Ezra and Nehemiah. But first, before he did all of that, they needed to suffer. They needed to prepare to suffer. And then in what seems like a a really weird, kind of obscure, ironic twist, he tells them, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old, Behold, I am doing a new thing. There it is again, a new thing. Say that with me, a new thing. Don't miss this, all right? Don't miss this. Isaiah, he prophesied before and during the Babylonian conquest. He's telling them that they are going to rebel because of their sinful nature, and they're going to be punished for it. They're going to have to pay uh, some consequences here. But then he tells them, it's going to be okay. Don't worry about it, right? Don't, don't stress over it. Don't fret. Don't worry about the past because I'm going to do a new thing. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? He told them what's going to happen, and then he says, forget about the past, right? But part of the past that he's talking about is in their future. It hasn't even happened yet. 
So let, let me explain this kind of uh, in, in terms that we might understand today, all right? Uh, and I didn't think of, there, no families were used uh, in the, in the uh, development of this, um, this example here, okay? So suppose you're the dad of a six-year-old boy, right? And he is wild as a buck, right? He disobeys. He never listens. He's always fighting with his siblings, right? And he is just a wild child, right? You're always having to get on to him. You're always having to sit down and talk to him, discipline him, punish him, right? So you sit down and you talk to him. You say, son, you are so rebellious, you're being so rebellious, and you are so disobedient, and you are deep into uh, idolatry of your video games, right? You are putting all of that before, uh, before God and before your relationship with, with me and your mother, and I know where this is headed. I know where this life is going to lead you, right? It's only going to get worse. It's not going to get better if you stay down this path. The things that you idolize, they'll, they'll become bigger and bigger, and you're going to struggle to stay faithful and obedient to me and your mom. So here's what we're going to do. When you're 16 years old, we're going to send you off to a, a military boarding school, and it's going to be tough on you. It's going to be really hard. They are going to crush you. They're going to break your spirit. They're going to take away any bad attitudes that you have, right? They're going to take away any negative attitude that you have uh, towards anybody else, right? And they are going to put you to work. They're going to put you in your place, right? Any, any military people in here can attest to that? Yeah. That's what's going to happen to you, son, all right? Get ready for it. But don't worry. After a couple years, you know, 17, 18 years old, your mom and I, we're going to come pick you up. We're, gonna, we're going to forgive you. We're going to uh, work on We're going to reestablish and reconcile our relationship here. Uh, and, and we're going to move forward with our life. So you know what? Don't worry about that. Don't worry about the military boarding school. You're still going. Just don't worry about it, right? Forget about it. Don't dwell on the past. See what I'm saying here? You understand this, right? Judah's past is in their future. Judah's past that Isaiah is prophesying about has not even happened yet. But God is looking beyond their future past. He's looking beyond the past that hasn't even happened yet. He's looking beyond their rebellion. He's looking beyond their punishment. And he's looking to their forgiveness and their redemption. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing about our God? He looks beyond our circumstances. We have a God who loves us. We have a God who loves us so much. We have a God who loves when we repent and return to him. We have a God who loves to forgive us. And we're the ones who get stuck in the past. We're the ones who get bogged down by our regrets. How can we forget about our past? How can we forget uh, what's about to happen to us? Well, we can move from our past because we have a very present God. We have a very present God, and his name is I Am. I Am. God looks to our future. He looks to our future of redemption and reconciliation. God looks to a new thing. He looks to a new day. He looks to a new you, a person whom he formed for himself, 
that you might declare his praise. God, he is willing to, to look past your faults, even your faults that you haven't faulted in yet, right? Even the faults that you haven't committed yet. And he is willing to do greater things than anything he's done in the past in your life. And that's his hope. That's God's hope that you will turn back to him in repentance and let him work in you and through you. You remember what Jesus told Peter in Luke chapter 22. He prophesied Peter's denial of him. He told Peter that he would deny him three times before the rooster crowed the next morning. And and then he said this to him. He said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have returned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter, you're going you're gonna to fail. This is what's going to happen to you. This is what you're going to do. You will deny me. Not once, not twice, but three times. But don't worry. You're going to come out of it. You're going to come through this. And when you do, I'm going to use you for my glory. Don't get stuck in your past, which is in your future. Right? You know, 2023, it might be a great year. I'm sure that we're all hoping that 2023 is better than the last couple of years, right? Can I get an amen on that? Just terrible, right? But you know, for some of you, 2023 might be your toughest year yet. It might be. And only God knows what your future holds. But whatever kind of year it is, good bad or dumpster fire, right? The best thing we can do, the best thing that we can learn to do is not dwell on the past, not dwell on our circumstances because because God loves you and he has a new thing waiting for you. Might not be right now, might not be next week or next month, it might be a, a ways down the road, but there is a new thing. There will be a new thing. So I want to close by giving you two easy and practical steps to help you get past your past, even your future past, and be a new you in the new year. And the first is to serve others. You know, the cool thing about serving others is that it takes your mind off of you, right? It takes your mind off of you, moves, moves you kind of over here, and it puts, it puts your focus on the person or the cause that you are serving, right? So start serving now in the good times. Start serving when it's easy to serve so that you will be prepared to keep serving in the bad times. Albert Schweitzer, he once said, I don't know what your destiny will be, but I do know that the ones, uh, the ones among you who will be happiest in the future are, the, are, are those who have sought and found how to serve. And Jesus, in his last hours before he went to the cross, he told his disciples, he said, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors, but not so with you. Rather, let the greatest among you become as the youngest, and the leader as one who serves. For who is the greater, the one who reclines at the table, or the one who serves? 
Is it not the one who reclines at the table? But I am among you as the one who serves. So follow the example of Jesus this coming year. Start serving others because it'll help you forget and move on from your past. The second step is to look for the new thing. That's not always easy, right? It's not always easy to look for the new thing. But as you are serving, as your mind is off of your past, it's a whole lot easier to see this new thing. The reason God told his people to forget about the past is because it would distract them from seeing the new thing that he's doing, uh, that he's going to do in their future. And this is what will happen if you get stuck in the past, right? You'll miss what God is doing right now and what he wants to do in your life this year. So keep your eyes open, be spiritually aware, be spiritually alert, and look for what God is doing and look for where he is doing it. And when you see it, when you see it, get on board with it. Get on board with it and get involved with him there. The Apostle Paul, he said, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus. So today I want, you, I want to invite you to press on toward the goal. Press on toward the goal in the good and the bad. And trust that God uh, alone is the one that can offer you salvation, is the only one that can save you. Trust him with your salvation and trust him with your life. Believe in his son, Jesus. Then express your faith through confession, through your repentance, through your baptism, and through your life of submission to him. So, hashtag new year, new you, right? New year, new you. How about, how about a new you that trusts God no matter what comes? A new you who serves others and is looking for what God is doing today. No matter what happens, no matter the circumstance, no matter what will happen, right? Trust God, period. Trust God. Let's pray. God, we are so thankful that you are a God of new beginnings. That you are a God that looks beyond our present. That you are a God that sees hope. That you are a God that sees grace. You are a God that sees healing. You are a God that sees life. Father, when we don't feel it, when we don't feel those things, when we don't see those things in our life, God, help us, remind us to look to the one who does. That is you. Father, help us to, to, to look at our circumstances not, and, not, and not cast judgment on you, but help us to look to you to help us define our circumstances because you are the one who authors them all. You are the one who sees the beginning and the end. We are so thankful for that. God, we are thankful for new beginnings. We are thankful for, for new creations, for, for new life in you. 
Father, help us to walk in that. Help us to believe it. Help us to spread that new life to others this year, that new, that, that hope of eternal life, that hope for, for breath, that hope for, for life in you. Help us to, to be that light to others this year. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Would you guys stand with me? If you've got a decision to make this morning, uh, or if you need some prayer, or if you just need somebody to, to talk to or to listen to you, I'm going to be right up here in the front. Uh, we're going to sing this last song, and if you need to do that, uh, you can make your way during this last song up to me and sing. Uh, uh, but do that as we sing.